Hello and welcome to the White Shorts podcast. I'm Bella Cartman and I'll be your host for the series. Now, this podcast came about from conversations I've had with players, coaches and fans of women's football and women's sport. There is so much being discussed on a daily basis about challenges faced by female players, the improvements we would like to see in the game and how there are these amazing women quietly working away to improve our clubs and associations for the women of tomorrow. With the recent explosion in women's sports, I sought out a platform where I could learn more about these incredible women and what they're doing for women's football New Zealand. What I found should have come as no surprise, but this platform did not exist. So, the White Shorts podcast was born. This podcast aims to bring to light the work being done by these incredible women, along with highlighting some of the adversities they have faced by being involved in the game. Each week, I'll be joined by a player, coach or manager from around New Zealand for a fireside chat. We'll talk about their motivations, their journeys and crucially, what they've learned along the way. So come join us and we hope these discussions inspire ones of your own. Morning all and welcome to episode 11 of the White Shorts podcast. This is round two of our World Cup special and we are again joined by episode two guest and officially... Football friend, super fan, Jess Fuller. Um, we're going to delve into the super fan title straight after this. But um, thanks for thanks for being on the pod, mate. No worries. Good to be back, and very excited to have the tournament finally underway. Yeah, oh, there's just been so much going on. I almost thought like as soon as the World Cup started happening, I was like, we almost have to do these every day. There's just so much <laughs> drama and stuff happening that weekly just doesn't feel like enough time. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me has been like you turn up to trainings and like all the men seem to talk about how good these women are. And it's like, well, they were good before this tournament, eh? that you just weren't behind it. So I think that's great to see. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a weird space to be in because obviously, as you say, like it's amazing to hear everyone talking about the games and talking about the girls. But then it's also like, I don't know, I feel a bit like this has been happening for years. You know, you guys just haven't been here for it. Like, I love that you're here now, but don't come into this space and act like you're a genius when there's been people like Jess who have been talking about this stuff for years. I know it's a weird, weird, weird feeling and something I probably need to get over pretty quick, but yeah, I think it's just the visibility with visibility. You're going to get support. So I think we just have to get behind them and show them what women's sport has to offer really. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, I mean, super fan. Do you want to tell us quickly, we're going we're gonna to talk about all the New Zealand games first up, but I think first off the bat, we've got the Dunedin game coming up. You're obviously in Dunedin and you've started a pretty cool initiative for the game, which I'm absolutely stoked that you've, you've come up with this because I just think it's so sick. But do you want to do shameless plug for what's happening down in Dunners on Sunday? Yeah, so obviously I'm quite competitive um, and I went to the game in Eden Park and watched the one in Wellington and a lot of those two stadiums have greater capacity. thought it would be a great idea to make sure that Dunedin are the loudest stadium. So we're kind of brainstorming in the office about possible chance and what we could do and how we could add a bit of Kiwiana. Um, and, you know, a few things got tossed around. First of all, it was barbecue. We were like, oh, can't get them in. And then it was gumboots, and we're like, mm, a bit too heavy. And then Sean in the office was like, oh, what about jandals? And then we went and bought some jandals, started slapping them together and came out with the cheer. <laughs> Love it. No, I think it's such a sick initiative because, I, yeah, I mean, I went to the Wellington game uh, on Tuesday, just been, and, yeah, I think that was something that was probably definitely lacking from Westpac Stadium was or Sky Stadium or whatever it's called now. Um, 
was the chance. Like there were just no chance. And I mean, half the stadium was Philippines and they had their chance, they had their drums. And I think we just got outchanted on the day, which probably did have a little bit of a impact on the girls. So I'm so stoked that you guys have come up with this because I think it's going to make a huge difference on the day. Yeah, and we've we've tried to we're going to try and create as much noise as possible. So I've the call out for bagpipes as well, but yeah. they're applying for permission to get them in the stadium. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Amazing! Oh, incredible! Well, I mean, speaking of the ferns, let's go back to that real quickly. Let's go back to that first game, that first win against Norway. Absolutely unbelievable! Just what were your thoughts on the game? Incredible, and like lucky enough to be there. And honestly, like I more speechless at the atmosphere and how the game went it was kind of weird as well because I felt like um, sitting in the crowd to begin with the game we weren't that loud and then it was all of a sudden the Ferns had an attack and play and the exponent the whole crowd got behind them and something shifted and I think that was cool to see and it was almost like that's when the tournament the tournament shifted and probably when hopefully the um, attitude towards the women's game shifted as well so yeah very cool to see and um, gutted about the Wellington result, but I'm backing the Ferns all the way this weekend, and I, I reckon we can we can get through. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you talk about that shift, that moment where, like, as soon as we started actually looking like we could win this game, you felt that shift in the stadium. And I think, you know, anyone involved in the football, football sphere felt the shift in the attitude towards women football during that game and after that game. Like, it was just unbelievable, the change in New Zealand and you could see it on social media you could see it online you could see it in the way people started talking about football like I don't know I get really emotional <laughs> talking about it and I mean you have also said like being in that stadium was such an emotional few hours so like it's just I can't believe that was the first game that was played in the tournament and I also think that was such an important first game because as you say like the friends came out firing like they looked like they wanted to be there they, you could see they were playing with so much emotion and passion. And I think that was a really good game for the tournament in general to start off with because some of the games following in the next couple of days, they just, they weren't probably the level, that same level of emotion or same level of football. And I think if any other game started out the tournament, it maybe wouldn't have had the reaction across the world that this we're now seeing. And I think, yeah, it was just really amazing for the Ferns to be that team as well I think and then Australia and Ireland even that game while it was pretty incredible incredible to watch it was quite an uh, aggressive game it was quite messy to watch it was you know yeah I mean anyone who watched that game I took Katie McCabe there yeah Katie McCabe was going <laughs> full Katie McCabe in that game and it was just like I mean it's I'm full fully back Katie McCabe I'm an Arsenal girl all the way but even I was sitting there being like, oh, my God, someone's going to walk out with a broken leg here. And I think even with that game, if that game had opened the tournament, it just wouldn't have gotten the same reaction across the world. So, I, yeah, I just I'm unbelievably stoked that you were there for that because I can imagine it would have been a pretty emotional, life-changing moment. Yeah, and I think even, like, before the game, obviously, um, there was some not-so-good events happening at the Northland. Um but it didn't stop anyone. Like everyone was still walking around in their fern shirts. Like every walk of life was wearing a fern shirt with their New Zealand flag and people were at the stadium quite early. So I think, yeah, I think it's the lead up to the game. The game itself was just top notch. That last nine minutes was honestly the longest nine minutes of my life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just so good when they, they crossed that line um, and got, got to the end of that game. Yeah, insane. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, Wilkie having the absolute game of her life. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Wilkinson play like that. Jackie Han, I mean, I 
Jackie Ham. I called it, man. I called it player of the tournament. I called it <laughs> our first, first episode, World Cup special. I called it. She was going to be golden boot. I knew she was going to have a game of her life. And she's her performance across this whole tournament has been incredible. Yeah. And yeah, if, if it wasn't for that um, offside, oh, mate. The, other, the other game, like, but yeah, we we move on and all eyes <laughs> on Dunedin this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, what are, what are, what are you feeling? What are your what are your thoughts on this upcoming I mean, um, from the Jandal initiative? Like, what are your thoughts and feelings towards the game this Sunday? Honestly, I'm just telling everyone three 0 football fans because I feel like like you just gotta manifest it. Like we were talking about, no need for negativity, only positive. Um, but I think I think maybe like a one nil, two one to football fans. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go one nil football friends. Like we've had some pretty low scoring games so far. So, um, God, even just say much for it to click though. We just need it to click. <laughs> we do we just need, need it to click. click. Uh, even talking about it, I'm starting to shake. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I mean, yeah, obviously, biggest talk is gonna be the football friends, but we do have to talk about the rest of the tournament. We're gonna keep it high level, so. Let's have a chat about some of the high-performing teams that we've seen so far. We're first week in. We've had most of the um, most of the groups play their second game. We've got a few left to go. But, I mean, so far, standouts for me have been Germany, Japan, and Spain. What are your thoughts? Yeah, exactly the same. Uh, Japan look really silky. Just technique and the speed and then also um, structurally. They look really robust. Um, and yeah, I think they'll they'll be one to watch. It'll be interesting when they go up against the more physical team mm. um and how they maybe adapt to that. But yeah, it's it's it, they play a very, very quick game and the ball speeds real quick. So yeah, wait and see what happens there. Uh Spain looked good as well. I think kind of knew they were gonna look good. And yeah, of course Germany are always again a bit more structurally robust and seem to have a very um prestige game plan. So yeah, exciting times, and I don't think don't think anyone can kind of cool the winner at the moment. No, it's um, I mean, yeah, and we're going to get into it soon, but there's been some massive upsets and some massive underperformers as well. I'd say, but yeah, totally agree. I think Japan have been playing some super slick, quick football, moving the ball around, passing, actually trying to build up play. But as you say, it'll be interesting to see what happens. They're quite a small team, and you know, a couple of their standout have been quite young. I think one of the goal scorers. And the most recent game was 19. Um, and, you know, she dribbled through like three players to score her goal. But coming up against a, you know, a strong, confident team, so like the US, not that they will anytime soon, but um, it might impact their ability to string together passes and actually get some of that movement going. Um, yeah, well, in terms of like, um, yeah, I mean, Germany was kind of a given. They're what, second in the world. So, yeah, I mean, they're probably one of the only teams I've seen play that I've been like, yeah, you probably deserve your FIFA ranking, to be fair. Like, some of the other yeah. ones have just been shocking. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Like, yes, yeah, some of the other games you, you watch, and like, oh, hang on a minute. Like, this could be interesting. But Germany, it's kind of like that was the game where you're like, okay, yeah. they're going to be a team to beat. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, I the mean, quarterfinals so that... could be interesting there. Oh, it's going to be a rough one, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Spain as well, to be fair, they've played some relatively easy games so far that it would have been a bit of a shock if they didn't win by the amounts that they're winning by. But they're also, you know, they're playing strong passing football. They're actually building up play. They're playing tiki-taka football. Um, you're seeing all those small passes, you know, meter passes in the box to get the ball moving around. So, yeah, I think yeah. 
again, against easy teams, so it's always hard to say, but they are playing very solid. Yeah, they're playing very much Spain-style football and staying yeah. true to that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting when they, like you say, when they come across another top team who can maybe, um, you know, match their tactics. Yeah. A, yeah, or, yeah. Or like a counter-attacking team that can kind of sit back with them, let them have the ball and then catch them on the break. It'll be yeah. interesting to see, see what happens then. For sure. Um, and then, you know, yesterday, biggest, probably most anticipated game of the tournament, USA versus Netherlands. Um, did you did you watch the match online? I sure did. And yeah. it was good, actually, because I went to USA Vietnam and, um, like, really good atmosphere. But I was a bit like, oh, man, like, I kind of came to see some goals and there was yeah. a lot of shooting, but <laughs> not many that crossed the line. So it was good yesterday to see. I think you saw a bit more of the air quality. And um, the same with Netherlands, actually, because I didn't really rate them in their first game. But then I think yesterday you kind of saw them step it up a notch and you're like, oh, hang on a minute. I can see, I can start to see the quality come through. So maybe, like, you don't know, eh? like, maybe jet lag was still having a play mm. in those first couple of games. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, speaking of you travelling up to USA Vietnam, I just forgot to ask, do you want to give the listeners, I mean, NZ Superfan, what was that few days, what was it, six flights on in three days or something ridiculous? Give us a quick very yeah. run through. Yeah, so uh, just for the listeners, I'm not too much of a nutter. Originally, I thought I was volunteering, so I booked the flights so I could volunteer, but then I pulled out my volunteer role, so I still had the flights and it was too much to change them, so I just committed. Um, so essentially on Thursday I went to Eden Park for the opening game then came back Friday morning for the Dunedin game, can't remember which one it was now, <laughs> then left Friday morning, oh, Saturday morning to go back up to Auckland for the um, USA game, <laughs> and then back to Dunedin for the Dunedin game. Um, yeah, so I'm not flying to any more games until the final to keep the carbon footprint down, and uh, I've been using a bike to make sure I'm not contributing too much to global warming. <laughs> I mean, it's a once in a lifetime event, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't do that much travel usually, so. <laughs> no, I love the commitment. It's been I've been chatting with a few of the girls up in Wellington, and everyone's just been like, "Mate, Jess Fuller, that girl is a definition of commitment." <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been loving it to be fair. Like, I generally did not sleep the night before the first game because I ended up phoning Nan um, and chatting to her because I was just too excited. I was like, I can't sleep. Like, I was scared I was going to miss the flight if I got to bed because it was then too late. And I was like, man, I've got to be up in an hour. <laughs> it's just so exciting. Like, you can't even put it into words. For like, it, It's hard to even process now that it's happening. I don't think it will probably hit till afterwards, like how amazing and incredible. Like, I went to the USA-Netherlands game yesterday and it was like, I went to work for four hours and then How good was that down game? to the stadium to watch the number one team in the world and then just had to go yeah. back to work and sit at my computer all afternoon and type away I was just sitting there and I was like what's going on right now what is like what is this life and that game was just like crazy like was, you could like it's it's the previous tournaments finalists and they're battling it away and you could tell they were playing for more than the points there yeah. um they were playing for pride and yeah, it was just crazy to watch. And, man, that must have been such a good one to be live because both the Netherlands fans I've seen now and they're, they're in full form with their Orange Army. And then you have the USA fans who are just loud, like, loud. And, like, some of their chants, I think our chants now better because theirs are quite basic. But don't want to offend anyone, but I think they're very USA. Um, so, yeah, that must have been crazy seeing those two sets of fans go to each other as well. 
Yeah, it was definitely pretty incredible. And I think off the back of the New Zealand game, it was like, it was just a complete 180 difference in the fan atmosphere. And um, yeah, I mean, I was going to take some videos of the USA chance and send them to you and be like, these can be done for the ferns, like swap out USA for ferns and we'll be all good. Because yeah, it was just absolutely unbelievable. And you you could tell they had all flown in for it as well from the US. Um, like we were surrounded by US fans and it was all, you know, that real twangy American accent. And it was yeah. just... It was it was cool to see kind of that next level of fandom, which is like the norm in America. And I think New Zealand will probably never achieve because that's just not what who we are as a culture. Nah, but, nah, this weekend in Dunedin, Bella. This weekend in Dunedin. Don't know. All the girls. But yeah, like that just complete and utter obsession with these players. Um, it was just quite amazing to see. And I think hopefully it will open up a lot of doors as well. Um, in terms of what New Zealand thinks is capable of doing in terms of promotion and fans and fandom and creating an atmospheric games. I think it set the bar for anyone who was at that game to be like, okay, this is what we can achieve if we just sit down and figure out how to do it. Um, which I previously maybe don't think we've ever seen in person that example. So we've never thought it possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you say, in Dunedin, first, first run through of that, it's going to happen. I believe. No, it's going to be. It's gonna be. Um, don't forget, we've got the roof. We've got the roof, so we can make we can make it echo too. True. <laughs> um, okay, quickly moving on to upsets. Some massive upsets in the game and the draw so far. Um, I mean, first off, New Zealand against Norway that was huge. But then I don't know, counteracted by Philippines upset against us, still really hurts to talk about. Um, and then most recently, last night, we're recording this on the twenty eighth of July. Last night. Australia played Nigeria. What the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, uh, the first game of the New Zealand, my man, it hurts, eh? But that's just the highs and lows of football, I think. And, you know, like, you look at some of our, like, ball recovery time and, like, the girls still put in a good performance. Mm. They're just missing that, that, that kind of magic in the final third. So, yeah, we move on. And, like <laughs> I say, Dunedin, place to be. Um, and then, yeah, last night's game. Man, how crazy is that? But, like, yeah, I feel for Australia because, obviously, they had Sam Kerr pulled out with calf injury and then their players are kind of dropping like flies at training. So, I don't know, maybe you need to reevaluate your training. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's crazy. Um, but makes that group just as more interesting now as well. And I think that's what we're seeing is this World Cup is a good World Cup because the groups are just getting more and more interesting. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's anyone's tournament. Yeah, and I think... um. Speaking of like speaking to the groups and you know how tight they all are, I feel like there was almost this expectation coming into the World Cup that there, that there was this quite massive divide between probably those top twenty FIFA ranked teams and then um, anyone else below that twentieth ranking, and you know it was seen as this massive divide in resources and training time and um, how much the kind of time they've spent together as a team. But I think what we're seeing playing out now is that it's a whole lot more even across the world. Um, in terms of the level of football um, and we're seeing like I mean teams like Nigeria, Jamaica, Haiti um, only losing by one against England like you can argue as much as you want that Australia and England didn't put in the performance that they should have but it's a World Cup you don't get a second chance you have to go out and perform on that stage and that's part of it if you can't put in that performance then it speaks to your ability on the pitch so maybe it is a lot more even across the world than everyone kind of thought initially. And I mean, that's exciting to think because it means, what's the phrase? Um, the rising the rising tide lifts all boats. Maybe the boats have been lifted much earlier than we initially thought. 
yeah I think I think you've you've kind of summed it up like it's tournament football so at the end of the day it doesn't really matter how you do it but it's whoever's going to put the ball in the back of the net the most times and I think it's really showed that countries are playing to their strengths and their you know what makes them unique and they're they're playing they're playing to that I think it's also like bigger picture like it's probably a good chance those small countries are obviously doing quite well with the resources that they have so it's how can the countries with more resources learn from them um, in that regard and then also how can the bigger countries with the more resources then help the smaller countries to make that gap closer and closer and make women's football an even better spectacle than what it already is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you mentioned in our first World Cup special, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of different styles of football coming into this tournament and those countries with less resources have just, you know, they're going to have to be more creative in how they play. And also it might be a bit of a shock. And yeah, I think you really nailed it there. Um, And that's probably what's happening with the likes of Nigeria and Jamaica and Haiti and even like Costa Rica, you know, they've had a few games in Wellington and they've put in a solid performance. So yeah, it's just, teams aren't used to seeing these teams and um, it's just shocking them on the field. Yeah, and I think, uh, like, take the Haiti game, for example, like, how much research can you do on Haiti before you play them? Uh, so yeah. that's going to come into factor as well. Like, you, it's that shock of surprise as well. So those small, slightly smaller nations do have that, that factor of surprise and, you know, they're catching a few teams off guard and hopefully hopefully those teams step it up a bit because um, otherwise it could be the World Cup of an underdog. Yeah, which, I mean, New Zealand would love that because we're always going to root for the underdog. You've seen that in all Hey, we said, we said in the last episode they can go all the way. <laughs> Starts with Dunedin this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of that, let's quickly move on to what are your predictions for the rest of the tournament? You know, seeing what we've seen so far, what, what do you think is going to happen? Or you just, I mean, it's hard to call at this point. Yeah, I, it's really hard to call. <laughs> I feel like I've kind of been, like I was, I was really kind of, like my pick um I was kind of hoping Ireland were going to upset uh, mm. a few times but that's now been ruled out so that's kind of gutted and then I was kind of hoping Australia would do a bit better but I don't think they're gonna do real well so I think I think oh, I want England to do well but I just I just master Haiti game I don't have too much hope so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Spain Spain yeah I feel like well I mean yeah speaking of we didn't even talk about you know, but I think Japan are going to go, go. Japan's yeah. a team to watch, I think. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, speaking of England and I, even the US, like, underperforming, which shockers, you know, everyone has such high expectations for them. And I don't know if it's injury, if they're the fact that they've lost a lot of their key players in both teams, but they're not playing the level of football that they should be. No, it kind of, it kind of felt like they weren't, being clinical enough and it kind of felt like in the especially during in both teams when they got into the box they were trying to pass the ball around the keeper into the goal when sometimes it's like man just take the early shot and just finish it um but then having said that like Mary Oaks' save in the last few minutes was possibly a save of the tournament like yeah madness like she's incredible um and it was quite cool to see a close game um and I think if you're going to have a close game you want it to happen early in the group stages so yeah, we'll wait and see. But yeah, I think I think Spain, I think Spain are going to get better and better. I think Germany currently are playing the nicer football, but I think Spain has got that potential to keep yeah keep it rising. Nice. Um, what about you? What are you? 
Oh, see, I'm actually, I'm um, just, I'm loving how Japan are playing. And, you know, yeah. I know, I know I said I'm back in Sweden. I think they're, you know, a bit of an outside chance, but seeing Spain and seeing Germany, ah, not Spain, Japan and seeing Germany play, I actually reckon I'm like, I'm going to put it out there and um, say a Japan-Germany final. Yeah, I just reckon they're playing such nice football. Like Germany were looking impressive. Yeah. And Japan, like they, I don't know if it was just an unbelievably good game for them, but they were looking slick. And I reckon if they can get it together against those big teams and figure out how to, you know, overcome that maybe physical, um, where they're lacking physically, like I reckon they actually have a very good shot. And, and they look like they want it as well. They look like they're here for something. Yeah, and I write I write the culture and how they clean up the stadium and the change rooms afterwards as well. Um, yeah. but yeah, like you said, they just they just look like they play four steps in front of the opposition, and yeah. it's it's cool to watch. Oh, it would have been unbelievable to watch that from the stands. Yeah, the fans are really cool as well. They're yeah, they're in full force. There wasn't that many people at that game in Dunedin. I think it was seven, just just almost seven thousand, but you could definitely hear the Japan fans. Oh, that's amazing. Um. But yeah, I mean, any other thoughts and comments from you on this World Cup? Any last last little things you want to add? We, I mean, we'll do another one of these after the second week of group stages. But bloody hell, it's just so exciting that it's finally happening. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's if you're coming this Sunday, bring your jandals and be loud and proud. Um, but if not, I think if you're not already involved, like just get to the game and you'll see what it's all about. And for those of us that are already involved in the game so it's all up because it's going to be over it's going to be over so quickly and oh. so we just got to make the most of it don't say that you're breaking my heart Jess <laughs> I know I know it's quite sad eh? it's going to be devastating <laughs> oh man yeah. well, hey thank you so much always love yarning footy with you and you know it's absolutely just seeing people hear it uh hearing people talk about the football just in the street on the bus at work people have never shown any interest it's like so heartwarming from our perspective because you know obviously yourself you've just you're doing so much for the game and you're so involved and it's like it's hard to understand why nobody loves this game or why nobody can get behind this game and to see people finally like understand feel the emotions feel the passion see how it all works as yeah as just unbelievable as as quite emotional really <laughs> yeah I, my favourite thing is the Tazuni headbands they've got that all the little girls are wearing. Have you seen yeah. them? It's like a half beanie. Um, and seeing like the young, like six, seven-year-olds running around with those, like, I'm like, man, that's the next generation. And the fact that this is their, like, probably one of their, going to be one of their first memories of the game. That's, yeah, to me, that's just awesome. Yeah, no, it brings tears to the eyes. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jess. I really appreciate the thank time. Thank you, Bella. And look forward to our next catch-up in a week's time. Sounds good. Thank you to all the listeners for joining in once again. Um, we will catch you again next week for another round of group stages. Keep tuning in. Keep engaging with the girls on social media. They've all got socials. You can follow them. You can follow the friends on socials. You know, there's content every single day. So not only watch the games, but a great way to get behind the girls and show your supporters to engage with them on socials. And, you know, that's how they get those commercial brand deals. That's how they get kind of more more money and more resources behind them so yeah watch the games go along to the games but also you know engage with the engage with the players engage with the teams um and yeah i mean it's only going to grow from here and it's just so exciting so thank you again for tuning in um and we'll see you next week cheers <laughs>